Well, welcome to The Raw Roaster. We have real conversation about faith and life over a good cup of coffee. My name is Tucker Anderson. I'm the host of this podcast. I'm one of the campus pastors here. I'm on today again with our senior pastor, Sean Winters. And uh, Krista Grandland, who is uh, joining us today, uh, Krista is a, one of the ministry assistants we have here at Calvary, but she also is our women's ministry associate. And Krista, it's good to have you on today. Good to be here. Thank you. And you have a real heart for, you know, we've worked together now for the last number of years. How long have you been on staff now at Calvary? A little over four years. One of the things I appreciate about you is your heart for discipleship, and it was your heart for discipleship that... I really think moved you into this position of being the women's ministry associate and your gifting for discipleship. Talk a little bit about how you see discipleship play, uh, how you see it playing an integral role into our women's ministry at Calvary, and maybe talk a little bit about your vision for discipling women. Well, in in 2017, I was invited to a friend's house um, to attend IF Gathering, and I had no idea what I was going to. I was even kind of researching it online. And um, I got there. And just over the weekend, I there was just so much truth in it. And at the very end, um, Jenny Allen, who leads If Gathering, has such a heart for um, relationships. Um, just how you can touch people and lead them to faith just by bringing them into your life. And like she just talks about just talking to people over baking cookies or folding laundry. And um, I was just struck by with like, this is truth. This is the way that life is meant to be. And um, particularly just because my experience in life, there was um, a woman that was in the senior high youth group and she we rode together on the way back from Spirit Mountain after a youth group um, ski weekend and she just kind of saw me where I was at which was just a a challenging um, time in senior high and she just kind of took me under her wing and kind of became my second mom and um, just led me through a challenging time and I just don't think I would quite be the person that I am today without that relationship and so that's just my my heart is that people will just see people where they're at and invite them into their life. And it doesn't have to be perfect. Your your house doesn't have to be perfect. You you don't have to have the perfect words to say, but just to love people um, like Jesus would love them and just see them where they're at. And just um, so I guess. That's kind of my heart for the ministry. So you've, I mean, you've done a really good job of, of, of seeing that type of ministry modeled here at Calvary. Maybe talk a little bit about how you're structuring women's ministry, and maybe a little bit more about the if gathering. Um, well, I, I see you know Bible studies and stuff like that as um, great places to start to get yourself theologically sound. Um, but then, you know, if gathering has this like great model where they, they have if tables and they give you a topic every month. And the whole idea is just to invite people into your life, um, or into your home. And, um, they give you a topic and they give you six questions. And I just think that's a great, easy way to just start to, um, invite people that are in your sphere of influence, neighbors, 
moms that you carpool with, um, you know, sports parents that you sometimes <laughs> spend every weekend with for years on end, it feels like. <laughs> and um, But just to invite them in and get to know them on a different and deeper level, you know, and just um, see them where they're at. And then, um, and then and they just can see um, Jesus in you. And, you know, and maybe it doesn't happen right away, but maybe someday when they just need something extra and they can say, I see something different in you and you'll have the opportunity to, to share. So these if gatherings, are they um, primarily like a Bible study or are they just conversational about life issues? Is this something that, that a, a friend who maybe isn't churched could be invited to as well? Yeah, so they're, so once a month, the, the topic, it is usually generally life-based, but they do always have a scripture, um, but they do have two different sets of questions. So it's getting to know God. So it's for those that, yeah, maybe are unchurched or just have a general level of understanding church. And then they have a growing with God set. So you could start uh, wonderful out like very general and depending on how long your group is meeting and, but you can, you can grow with it. Okay. And it, and they always say they just provide tools and you can just use them the way that you want yeah. to use them best. And yeah. I'm sure people will apply it. I mean, as they get to know people, then the conversation happens more easily, but it still gives them structure and, and then a guideline into scripture if, if, you know, if that's the way that that group can work. Mm-hmm. I, I just love your heart for individual women and the, the places they are and connecting them, but also trying to use your, your strategic and administrative strengths to create lots of these uh, groups and, and oversee it. So it, it's great to see the direction you're going with this. Thank you. Sean, this really reminds me of something that you mentioned yesterday in your message that I want us to focus on today. And that is a quote uh, by uh, an old yeah. dead guy, but <laughs> yeah. someone who had a lot of wisdom. Can you read that quote for us? And then we'll use sure. that as a springboard for our conversation. Yeah, it was Bishop Hanley Moole. Uh, I read this in a, a commentary by John Stott uh, on Romans chapter 11. So it says, beware equally of an undevotional theology and an untheological devotion. If I were to simplify that for my own mind. Um, you know, be, beware of um, of studying the Word of God without any sort of devotion to God, like any sort of emotion without it touching our hearts. And the other end of it, uh, don't get caught up in the emotionalism without truth. Um, and, and and so, we need to be aware of kind of either end of that. And so, you know, what you've described with if, what I've seen of Jenny Allen um, is this rich theology, really trying to say what is the word of God and how do we train women and, and ground ourselves in scripture. But, but it's, but it's also an enthusiastic, you know, let's, let's praise God. Let's worship. um, Let's get excited about what God is doing in our midst. Where do the two of you feel like you fall on that spectrum of a undevotional (laughs) theology or an untheological devotion? If you lean one way or the other, what direction would that be? Krista, maybe let's start with you. Well, I was I was trying to think about it because, um, I mean, I guess leading a ministry also, and I mean, I went I went to Bethel, but I haven't gone to seminary, so sometimes I feel like I'm maybe a little unqualified theologically to, to maybe lead a ministry. But um, I don't. I think I also connect very strongly to the emotional part because of. You know, it's, I know that from which I come, like I, I know, you know, 
where life could be without God. So I know like I'll have sinned and fall short and I definitely feel like I do not have a power to live well up by myself. Um, but, and so that really stirs emotionally for me, but I'm always like, well, I just really want to make sure that I'm living in truth though and not get swept up in emotion. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, I, I don't know how much of this is, you know, personality or it's culture. Um, I'm, I'm, just have the strong Scandinavian, um, you know, don't, don't get too crazy about anything. Um, so I would say I would definitely lean towards kind of a an undevotional theology. You know, I, that's kind of where I land. <laughs> so raising your hands in worship is like getting them right past the waistline. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> yeah, once in a while, if the room's dark enough, then I'll go ahead and raise my hand. But, you know, it's just really hard to do that without thinking, what are other people thinking? And that's not the point, you know, it's like... Yeah. Um, my, my son wrote a, um, a blog one time about what dad said about worship. And I have this quote that I had shared with my kids is um, that, that I only raise my hand in worship of God. And so much of, you know, some songs are all about who I am and, and it's, it's me. And I, I'm like, I'm not. Anyway. You're listening to The Raw Roast. We're having a conversation today about uh, two um, – Errors when it comes to how we approach worship and um, uh, and life, and one error is undevotional theology, and the other error is untheological devotion. Uh, what what do you think a theological devotional life looks like? So, if you were to picture, and maybe you have somebody in mind, maybe you have an example that you can go to as someone who you know this person really practiced a theological devotion. What does that look like lived out? Yeah, I, I guess this kind of portrays a little bit of my, I don't know if it's theological or intellectual, or I just like to read and quote people. Um, but I, I've gone through a book a number of times by uh, Brother Lawrence, Practicing the Presence of God. And uh, I was sharing with you before that on the front of it is kind of a, a really simple drawing of a deer in Psalm 42.1, you know, as a deer pants for streams of water, so my soul longs for thee. And, um, you know, it, it's just this... Um, simple guy, you know, the, the most profound was that he was, you know, he peels potatoes for this monastery he works for. And he says, I peel potatoes to the glory of God. And I experienced God in the midst of peeling potatoes. And, um, you know, I, I, I've tried peeling, that's not my favorite thing. And, and I usually don't think that I'm in the presence of God when I'm peeling potatoes, but it's, it's saying that in all things, how do I practice the presence? And, you know, reading that book, I may not get the century right. I think from the 14th century is when he wrote it, but um, yeah, it's a challenge. Um, lots of contemporary examples, but that's just one that came to my mind. How about you, Krista? That person that maybe that you described a little bit earlier who invested in your life, were there specific qualities that she had that you feel like really modeled a, a theological devotion? Well, I mean, I would definitely say they had a gift for hospitality, Um they always, even though they didn't necessarily lead the youth group, they always had people at their home. They hosted exchange students. Um, and I, I know like she was, she was kind of mentoring even one or two young women. Like there was um, an ex-girlfriend of what, like her older son that she was also leading Bible study with mm -hmm. and mentoring. And, um, but just, yeah, gift of, you know, love and just, pouring in to other people um they 
seem to live their life that way. So maybe one way we can be talking about a theological devotion is theology by its by its nature should be practical. Yeah. And everybody is theological to some extent, and maybe the way that we live our life, we could say, communicates more about what we believe than what we yeah. say we might believe or what we might sign off on on a statement of belief. Because theology, by its nature, is very practical. Yeah, as you were talking, I just, I just think what you described is a person who was authentic, like, yeah. like they lived it thoroughly. Um, they, they were generous with their time. They're generous with their home. They're intentional and pointing people towards Jesus. It was, it was genuine. Which, you know, when you're up close, um, that's what people, you know, see. Yeah, and and I mean, not to say they they were perfect, and I think they no. they would even be open about their imperfection yeah. too you know so like right which is a key part of that yeah yeah it helps us know that <laughs> that, that we can be open with our own stuff too maybe our listeners have heard of of, of paul tripp one of the messages that has resonated in my mind uh of him uh, from him is from psalm 27 and i want to just I want to set it up the way he does because I think he does a really good job of highlighting the importance of practical theology. He says, uh, so Psalm 27, The Lord is light and salvation. Whom should I fear? The Lord is the stronghold. Uh, whom should I dread? So he reads Psalm 27, the first, you know, the first verse, and, he just, and then he comes out and says, I've just given you bad theology. Mm. And everybody in the room is like, well, what? Wait. What is he talking about? He's reading from the psalm. But what, he's, what he did is he eliminated one little word that is, that is critical. So the Psalm 27, 1, this is from the CSB, actually says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom should I dread? And he said by eliminating that one word of, of my, uh, it, it disconnects theology from life. So here we have David, you know, the psalmist, who understands not just that the Lord is light, but that the Lord is my light. Hmm. And so I, I think it really does a good job at communicating the importance of connecting theology with everyday life and thinking about, you know, if we're going to do a, if we're going to study Psalm 27, for instance, in a Bible study, that we can come away understanding theologically or intellectually that the Lord is light, but unless we understand that the Lord is my light, we really haven't understood the passage. Hmm. And I think that is something that I know I wrestle with. It's easy for me to do a word study or, you know, to pick apart a passage, but until it the Lord becomes my light, my salvation, I really haven't understood the text. Yeah. I, it, interesting that, you know, Paul David Tripp um, apparently tweets a lot and he, he, he does a great job with theology and practical. Mm -hmm. And so then he took his tweets and he wrote a devotional book and my daughter was reading it this summer. And, and as we were driving out to Montana on vacation, she read a couple and they, they were just, you know, they kind of just hit you with their great theology and practical application. And so if one of our listeners is looking for a really good um, devotional book, that, that, that's just a, it was fantastic. Is, I should look at the name of is it. Is it New Morning Mercies? That might be it. Yeah. Okay. Is it okay? We'll throw the title of the book yeah. in the show notes so, <laughs> so that you can take a look if you'd like yeah, to. Yeah, start into something I don't know all the details about. So it's just a little raw here. Well, that was uh, <laughs> a good recommendation if we 
can figure out what it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, so how do we? What are some practices that you've personally put in place that you've found helpful to cultivate this theological devotional life? Maybe Krista, what are some what are some practices that you have put in place in your own life that you feel like has helped really cultivate a life of devotion, front, but with good theology? Well, I know there's the, the, the verse, you know, write scripture on your heart. And I know like in times of anxiety or sometimes, if, you know, especially in the last year and a half, you know, just kind of, you know, repeating some of that stuff over and over kind of in your head in times of anxiety, especially, you know, raising kids and stuff like that, you know, like I know the promises I have for you, says the Lord, you know, to give you a, a hope and a future and, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart and not lean on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. And, um, and I'm not always the greatest at it. I know that I, I have to get back into it. I was better about it when I had a 30 minute commute down to um, Eden Prairie, but um, turning off the radio too in the car and just, you know, sitting in silence and then um, just singing songs or praying. Um, There's an old song that I just even remember from back in youth group, like, um, oh God, you are my God and, you know, earnestly I seek you and, you know, and like, you know, I sometimes I'll just sing. Mm. Yeah, worship takes you to a place that's just really cool. And, and again, it's a, it's that, you know, how do I do devotion in the midst of my walk with God? And, and you know, part of it, of, of understanding God, being in Scripture is to exalt, you know, to, to praise God. I, I would say, um, uh, you know, studying studying the Word but not, like, like one of the things I have a challenge with is that as I'm reading Scripture, <laughs> I always think, okay, hey, I can use that, right? Because I'm always teaching, preaching, guiding, leading other people and, and so once in a while, I, I have to practice. Like I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna experience this, and I'm gonna apply it to my heart, and I'm not gonna use it. Um, and and I need to find, you know, enough time in the Word of God, not just studying, but actually, kind of reading it devotionally, reading it for application, and and then just sit in that and experience it and worship God through it, and not go, oh, this will really preach, you know, or teach, or I can use this in my next meeting. Um, and so it's, it's that, but it's also prayer, like talking with God and spending time bringing my needs, bringing the needs of my family, uh, my marriage, my kids, my friends, the congregation, it, it, you know, it just like being with God, speaking and listening. So it, it's just that, I, I really like the idea. Eugene Peterson said it's, it's being attentive to God. And so finding ways in scripture, not just to be looking at the page and looking at the structure, but to be attentive to God in scripture and in prayer. I'm all for having, you know, morning devotions or evening devotions, whatever, you know, I think there's different seasons in life where maybe a morning devotions can be really challenging if you have little kids, for instance. But I think the nature of blocking off a set of, you know, an hour a day or 30 minutes a day could potentially foster that idea that devotions are separate from our from our everyday life. I think we need those times of solitude and 
to set off a, part, a, 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 a chunk of our day to have that devotional time. But I think our devotional time needs to extend throughout the entirety of our day. So I think we need to be careful that the structure, the way that we structure devotional time doesn't actually contribute to the problem of separating our devotional life off from the rest of our life. So one of the things that's helped me is even just thinking about if I'm working through a scripture in my devotional time, just pondering it throughout the day, thinking through it about the day, thinking about it throughout the day. Um, I've tried at different points of my life, not always the greatest at it, but having a uh, building in prayer throughout my day. So in the morning, over the lunch hour, and then afternoon or evening. So my encouragement to our listeners would be to extend your devotional life throughout the entirety of your day. Don't stop having a time in the morning or the evening, but think of some practices that you can do to extend that throughout the entirety of your day so that you don't actually contribute to the problem of segmenting off our devotional life from the rest of our life. Um, Whole life is a consistent life. It's a consistent life. whole, Whole life means that... Yeah, in our walk with God, our discipleship, that it, that God and and his words to us or paying attention to God can happen in the midst of meetings, in the midst of phone calls, in the midst of mm-hmm. well, email, I don't know. No, okay, so email as well. Um, <laughs> but it's it's being attentive to God. And yeah, I, I just love that idea of kind of meditating on scripture. What are one or two things that you would leave with our listeners today? So if you had one or two bits of wisdom on how to cultivate a theological, devotional life, what would be the one takeaway that you'd want to give our listeners? I really like what Krista's building in our women's ministry, and that is the idea of connecting with like-minded people I think there's something really significant about spur one another on towards loving good deeds. Um, we're continually isolating, and I tend to be, um, you know, a lot of my devotional life, I, I think I see it as individual, but there's there's great benefit from community and, and encouragement from that. How about you, Krista? What's one or two takeaways that you would encourage our listeners with? I guess one of the things that I do is what I kind of say. I feel like sometimes I'm just in a com- constant conversation with God in, in my head. And, you know, it's kind of like just maybe it's not the best or I don't know. But I just like just constantly like praying or talking like, you know, like having conversation with God in my head like, how do I do this? How do I move through this? Like just staying up a prayer, you know, just, or even just like when I hear different things about kids in school and it's just like, I'm just like, Lord, just protect them, you know, guard their hearts, you know, just help them walk through this day. And it's not necessarily like you talked about, like setting time, setting aside a lot of time during the day. It's sometimes just like, that's my mode of operation is just like throwing up a, quick prayers like here and here and there like because I I can't do this on my own and like I just remember somebody else saying one time like God loves my kids more than I do you know so just you know being in constant communication about like I know I can't do this on my own and, and, and so Lord I need you and my kids need you and you know try to do and invest the 
best that I can in their life, but you know, they need you. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's really good. How about you, Tucker? You know, I think the, the thing I would add would be to think of ways that you can extend that devotional time throughout your day. So maybe one practice would be to just set aside some time to journal. Maybe it's adding a few things to your journal throughout the, the course of the day. Maybe there's a challenge that you're facing at work or there's a challenge with kids and you're, you just take a minute or two to journal. I'm not a very great journaler. I've had, I have on my bookshelf probably five or six half written in journals. So I go through phases and then. Then you start a new book started, before you finish one. <laughs> then I'll start a new journal because <laughs> this journal got kind of boring and, you know, I want to start a new one. But so I, I think uh, figuring out some ways. So journaling might be one of them. I like, Crystal what you said about just being, being in constant conversation um, with Christ. And that's how we foster a relationship. But also I would say building in those times, whether it be morning or evening, where we can have a devotional time, but then pondering what we've been reading and praying about throughout our day. So taking that devotional time, extending it throughout the entirety of our day. I also like one thing Krista said. We just like the things Krista said. But um, like, like sometimes you just need to turn off the noise. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you said you're driving and just turn off the radio. I think that that's really good advice. We have a lot of people talking at us throughout the day, and it is nice yeah. when turn we can have that yeah. 30 minutes of worship music or solitude. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you uh, both for being on with us today. It's been a good conversation about cultivating a, a, a life of uh, theological devotion. So thank you, Krista. I appreciate your insights. Thank you, Sean, for being on with us again today. And I want to thank you as our listeners. I appreciate you joining us. If you'd like more information about Calvary Church, you can visit calvarychurch.us. You can check us out online or in person on Sunday mornings. We encourage you to subscribe to this podcast wherever it is that you listen. If you'd like to have us uh, bring topics onto the show uh, that you would like us to talk about, we would encourage you to email us at podcast at calvarychurch.us. You can also email any questions you have about today's episode. We look forward to having you join us again next week.